This is not even what I'm going to talk about today, but God is making me speak about it. The issue that we have is we think we know the Lord. Now, if the Lord truly is God, manifested in the flesh, the Bible says that Jesus is the fullness of God, manifested in bodily form. This is God reaching out to humanity in the realm of men, for men to come to know God. What are you doing with that? Is it not just enough to say, Jesus, I love you, or is it better? Do you have a relationship with somebody because you love them, or do you have a relationship with them because you know them? You know them. Loving somebody without knowing them is fake love. You know why people can't worship God for a long time? You don't know him. You have no testimony inside of you concerning him. Make it a priority in your life. Be somebody who is on the pursuit of knowing the Lord Jesus. Not just saying, I love him. I know him 10%, 2%. That should be shameful. It's bad. How can you say, imagine if you were in a relationship with somebody and, and they say, how much do you guys know each other? Oh, just 2%. You have no relationship. Just 5%, you have no relation. You know, I'm being very, very honest, serious. You know, there's a time to scream. There's a time for all this. But this is very, very, very important. Desire to know him beyond where you know him now. Every day, make have a notebook, be in the habit of writing. What did I do to know the Lord Jesus more? How much of the Lord Jesus do I know today than I did yesterday? When you go to the gym and you work out, you can track your progress. Anyone who doesn't track their progress, they're not serious about transformation. Do you track your spiritual life? Father, I pray again. <coughs> Father, I pray, let a mighty visitation happen to them. I pray for a hunger like they've never had before. Hunger like they've never had before. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Greet somebody. Find somebody and greet them. Just say hi to somebody.
And I saw when they were talking, they were putting this thing together. It was like Gerard was working with these people, and it was like these people had a budget, and they were like, okay, we can expand it. We can make about 300,000 happen. I don't know what you guys are working on. Does this make sense? Yes, huh? it does. Yes. Prophesy. Yes. You know what I'm talking about. I know what you're speaking. We know what you're talking about. Yes. So the Lord told me that this will be done sooner than you think. I receive it. May it be done to you sooner. I receive. May what you have been waiting for happen soon. I receive. In the mighty name of Jesus. I receive. May the Lord Jesus expand your capacity to receive. I receive. It's done. I don't know if somebody can hear me. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. You see, when God energizes your spirit, he begins to expand your capacity. Please, let's turn off the air. I beg of you. I'm becoming flesh. So when God begins to do certain things, how come I don't, what, are you sure is, is Gerard? That's my middle name. I don't even know that name. Nobody knows that name. <laughs> I, I actually, I, until we got married, I never went by Brandon Gerard. It was Brandon Germain for years. I never told any. My mom, even in her phone, she put me as Brandon Germain, even though my name is Brandon Gerard. Oh, so you told me your name is Gerard? No, no, not at all. You've shown me that your You've name is Gerard. You've never seen it. You don't, no, never. <laughs> Prophesy. Mama in the blue with a scarf. Raise, raise your hand. This mama right there. Yes. Yes, stand up. Who did you come with, mom? My son. Whoever you came with, stand up. Stand up with, with the person you came with. Amen. I saw God fighting your battle, woman of God. Lift your hands to God. Lift your hands to the Lord Jesus. This mama, lift your hands to the Lord. Can you hear me? You can hear me. I see God fighting your battles. And I'm seeing God fight for you. Are you sure you want me to prophesy to you? Prophesy. In the realm of the spirit, when I looked at you, I saw a curse that was released in 1961. In 1961. And when this thing was released over your family, I saw things crumbling. It was like this was directed to the women in your family. And I saw this plaguing the, the, the sisters and the women in your family, that it was like if anybody was progressing to a certain place, it's like something will hit you and move you backwards. Yes. Huh? Yes. It was like also, it was like whoever got into like a marriage kind of thing, it was like there was always like a spirit of death that will be released. It was like nothing will remain. It's like people will either die the men will either die or something will just happen. They will separate or they will get somebody else. But I heard the Lord saying that he's fighting your battle. 
The Lord was telling me that he's fighting your battle. What is like a... Oh. Inugu, Enugu, Inugu, Enugu. Where is that? Nigeria. Because I saw... I don't know if you're Nigerian. Yes, I'm from Nigeria. Huh? You say what? I'm from Nigeria. You're from Nigeria? Yes. I saw, I saw, I saw something coming from like Inugu, Enugu, or something like that. It was like, it was like, a, it was like somebody traveled to this place. To this place. Where's Delta? Uh, Nigeria. Delta. How far is Delta from? It's close. I've never been there. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm talking about what I'm saying. Huh? Have you ever been to Delta? You've never been to Delta. Because I saw somebody traveling from Delta to this like Enugu place. And it was like they went to visit like some shaman or something like that. It was like a spiritual thing that they were doing. And this is where the curse started from. But as I'm speaking to you, whatever was in there, may whatever altar set against you be destroyed in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Because let me tell you, can I tell you what I'm seeing? I saw like a house. I saw like a, like a house. It was built, it was like, it was like rough. It wasn't like anything good. But I saw a room in that house. As I'm telling you, the wall of the house is, I think it was supposed to be white, but I'm seeing it very dusty and reddish. The soil is like reddish kind of. And I'm seeing that the walls have kind of turned, you know, and the wall is like old from the outside. Yeah. It starts discoloring and something like that. But as I'm walking into this place spiritually, I am seeing two bedrooms in that house. One is like this man who has like a red ribbon on his head. He's dressed in white and in red. And I'm seeing another room that he was like only this person goes into that room. And I saw them like pouring, like cutting like uh, uh, chickens and birds and things like that. But the Lord says that whatever curse was set against you, whatever was set against you and your children and your family, this is the last time you will experience it in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Please sit, sit, sit. I'm not trying to be prophetic. God is just leading me. Let's read, let's read scripture a little bit. Grab your Bibles as fast as you can. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. First Kings chapter 18. First Kings chapter 18 from verse 31. And Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob 
unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench about the altar, as great as would contain two measures of seed. And he put the wood in order and cut, it, cut the bullock in pieces and laid him on the wood and said, Fill four barrels with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. And he said, Do it in the second time. And did it the second time. And he said, Do it a third time. And they did it the third time. And water ran round about the altar, and he filled the trench also with water. And it came to pass, at the time of, of, of the offering of the evening sacrifice, that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known that this day thou art God in Israel. That I may add that I am thy servant, and that I have done all things at thy word. Mm -hmm. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that these people may know that thou art the Lord God, and thou hast turned their hearts back again. Mm. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice. And the wood, and the stone, and the dust, and licked up the water that was in the trench. Father, I pray for the spirit of revelation to come upon everybody. Amen. Receive. That they will understand your word today. That they may be increased in the knowledge of your son Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name. Now, capture this. You have been deceived with one thing. And this thing has crippled something that God desires to do with every single human being that has walked on the earth. God never created anybody in their full potential. Amen. God never made anybody fully at 100% of what they are meant to be or function like. If he did that, then you will not have a journey to know him. Maybe I'm just talking to the people here. I don't know if I'm to. God never made you 100% in terms of where you're supposed to be. But he put their ability for you to get to 100%. Amen. Now, why did the Lord do that? Because every experience you have in life is internal. It's not external. It's internal. Everything is what? Internal. When you buy a home, you don't see your home from outside, but you enjoy being in your home because of how you feel inside. 
When you put on good clothes, you see yourself on the mirror for about two seconds. You check yourself out. Then it's all about how you feel inside after you saw yourself. Your confidence will be determined by how you saw yourself. When you drive a nice car, it feels good. Where is it feeling good? Inside. Every experience that you have when you eat food, let me tell you the truth. The taste remains in your mouth for maybe 30 seconds. But it is the way that you feel when you eat that makes you want to continue to eat. So it makes you eat more, not because the, the taste is actually remaining in your mouth. Sometimes you even remember how it tastes like without having anything in your mouth. Because of an internal experience that you had. When you ate, you felt something. You're like, mm, this is good. It made you smile. It made you laugh. You remember the occasion. You remember the scent. I still sometimes walk around and I smell something. It reminds me of my mother when I was a boy. Why? Because of what it registered inside. When God visits a man, he does his work where? Inside. So everything about your life experience, everything about whatever you will ever be, will begin internally, not externally. Now, if you're somebody... If you are somebody that is external about life, you will limit your ability to become what God wanted you to be because you failed to look at what God placed inside. Goliath believed he was the greatest, the strongest, until he met a small person who had the ability to bring him down with a rock. What gave David the confidence of shutting down Goliath is because he knew, me, I killed a lion, I killed a bear with my small size. This Goliath will be no different. But Goliath did not know because Goliath's confidence was externally. I am a big person. Somebody has to carry, two people have to carry my sword. Two people have to carry my shield. I lay on a bed made of iron. I am a strong man, but his strength was deceitful because he measured it on how externally he looked like and undermined somebody small. I'm here to tell somebody, big things come in small packages. I receive. You may be seen as a small person right now. Your life experience may look like you're not getting anywhere, but I'm here to tell you there is something inside of you that God deposit. I don't know if I'm talking to the people online. I don't know if I'm talking to people who are here. There is something that God put inside of you. That he understood that by putting this inside of this man. Putting this inside of this woman. The world will come to know me. Jehovah God. So it means... What the Lord has deposited inside of a man has the capacity to reflect and to reveal God in the physical realm and the spiritual realm.
more than you perceive yourself. There is something special about you, but you have not paid attention to it because you are busy looking at everybody else. You are busy looking at your condition. You are busy looking at your present ability. You are busy looking at how your account looks like. You are busy looking at how your career looks like. I've done so much, but it's not going anywhere. It is because you are pulling from outside and not pulling from inside. Now, I, I think I'm talking to the wrong people. I think I'm talking to the wrong people. Am I speaking to you? Yes. Touch your neighbor say, the prophet is speaking to me. The prophet is speaking to me. So there is something in you that God designed it to be there so that you can develop it. Now, the problem is your spirit man does not grow according to time. Because in the realm of the spirit, they measure time by events. In the realm of God, where God himself indwells, where God himself is, because God manifests in heaven, but God does not live in heaven. If he created heaven, where was he living before? Because you cannot create something that you are in. That is why the Bible says that Jesus ascended above all heavens. Meaning God's dwelling is outside of his creation. So now, the problem with the human spirit, it does not grow. Because you are 50 years old, it means your spirit man is 50 years old. Mm -hmm. A person can be born again within a few minutes, become 60 years old. And a person has been born again for 60 years and they are still a two-year-old. So spiritually, you don't develop in the same way you develop physically or with your soul. Your soul develops according to the information that comes in. Whether good or bad, your soul is growing. That is why whatever information enters you, you cannot actually get rid of it. You have to substitute it. That is why if you're praying for, oh, Lord, change my mind. No, change what you're taking in. I, I don't know if I'm talking to some people. You cannot pray. God himself is saying, make all thoughts subject to the will of Christ. Everything that lifts itself above anything that the Lord says, bring it down. Why? If you don't bring it down and it becomes your reality, you will have a big challenge getting rid of it because you cannot get rid of it in prayer you get rid of it by practicing something opposite than what your mind is telling you so you have to exercise completely differently 
The reason why the Lord Jesus could do the impossible is because he believed there's no such thing as called impossible. So he did not have anything in his soul that could block the expression of his spirit. Because your spirit can only express itself according to the, 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 the borders or, the, or the, 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 the barriers that you have set according to your belief. So God is not determining what is going to happen in your life. He put what can make anything you want happen in life for you. But what you have taken in will determine if you can carry it out or if you will not. Let's go to the book of Ephesians. We are coming somewhere. We are going to Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. Are you there? Amen. Ah, some people, you don't have Bibles. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Are you ready? Yes. I feel like church is only on this side. Are we ready? Yes. Now listen to this. Now, unto him that is able, notice he's saying now, presently. Mm-hmm. Not in the past, but when? Now. Yeah. Unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. So we know that God's ability is able. Nothing is too difficult for God. Touch your neighbor, say God is able. God is able. If your neighbor did not touch you and look at you, they are suspect. So touch your neighbor, say, God is able. God is able. Touch somebody, say, God is able. God is able. If they are not looking at you with the love, look at them, tell them, don't look at me in that tone. God is able. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know if somebody can hear me. So we know that God is what? Able. able. God is what? Able. able. Now unto him that is able. Now the word able is the word dynami in Greek, which means dynamite. That's where the word dynamite came from. Meaning whatever is in the way, God is able to remove it completely like it was never there. No, your clapping means you don't know which God you are talking about. Maybe I'm only talking about my Jesus. I don't know about you. Meaning he's able to move what? The impossible. He's able to do it. Exceedingly. Abundantly. Meaning infinitely. Continuously. Above what I am able to ask, meaning that God is not limited by what I'm able to ask. 
Can I tell you something? Let me share an experience I had. One time I was in a vision and the Lord took me and I was out of the earth. And I saw things that I don't even know how to explain it, how I was, I, I can even put it in words. Then I saw God compared to his creation. When I'm not talking about creation, I'm not talking about earth. I saw things that I can't even mention. But I saw them to be like a speck compared to him. And when I saw God, I saw God beyond my capacity to see. And the word of the Lord came to me. And the Lord Jesus said this. He said, I am a big God. Everything I do, I do it according to my measure. So, whatever God does, he does it. You see, your strength determines what you're going to do. So, even God, he doesn't understand human portions. Somebody didn't catch what I'm saying. May God do it unto you. I receive. May God tell God, God be blind to my portion. God be blind to my portion. Surprise me, oh Lord. Surprise me, oh Lord. So when God is blessing somebody or God is doing something, listen to what the Bible says. He's able to pour down a blessing that will do what? That will, will be too much that you will not have room enough to receive it. Now this will not make sense unless you understand what God is saying. God is not saying don't have a room. God is saying he is able. He is what? Able. able. To pour down a blessing that your room will drown. So why does the Lord do that? I want you to capture why the Lord does that. God's intention for your life is always beyond you. Whatever God gives you, whatever God starts. You see, when God starts like a seed, you take a seed, let's say corn. The Bible uses corn a lot. You take corn, one corn. A kernel, I receive. <laughs> you take that one thing. <laughs> thing. You put it in the ground. In a few months, it will have a whole, it will have so many, like we can have corn for days from one, one kernel. Right? So now think about it. What was God's mind? Because when God was creating, he was always saying, let everything do it, bring out after its manner. After its kind. Meaning that God wanted to do the creation thing one time and stop. God wants to bless you once and stop. Man, I Somebody did not catch it. Somebody didn't catch it. No, 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 no. Sit, sit, sit. Somebody did not catch it. Notice, the Bible does not say, I will pour down blessings. God says, I will pour down a blessing. Not I will pour down 10 blessings. I'll pour down 50 blessings. Because that means it is limited. 
to what God has given you. But instead of giving you many things, God is giving you one. But that one has the ability to make you drown. May you drown in the blessing of God. I receive. May you find a way to survive the blessing of God. I receive. So capture this. When you enter into the blessing, when you enter into the blessing, you no longer look for blessing. Blessings hunt you. See? No, let me, let me, let me help you see it. Let, let me pick somebody. Let me pick. I want you to be visual about it. Stand, stand up. Stand up, stand here. Okay. The Lord's hand comes upon her. Before that, this was the blessing. Before God came into her life, walk, just walk, follow him. Keep following him. Keep following him. Turn around. Every time she comes close, you're not getting it because you're always chasing something. Stop right there. Always chasing something. When Jacob left, I was, I was explaining this when I was with my father last night and we were talking. I was explaining a very spiritual principle that a lot of people don't know. Have you ever noticed that usually, not always, but usually, the youngest ends up being like the oldest of the family? Have you ever, ever noticed? It's like responsibility shift. It will go either to the young one. It doesn't make sense sometimes. It's not always like that. But there is a physical firstborn in a family and there is a spiritual firstborn. So in the spirit, technically, the firstborn, physical firstborn, is the secondborn. And the secondborn is the firstborn. So in every first family, there is a firstborn spiritually and there is a firstborn physically. The pillar of the family is usually somebody that no one will consider. An example is this. David was the firstborn of their family. But physically he was the lastborn. If there have been delays in your life, you've been the firstborn you just don't know. I'm just trying to explain something. That is why the Bible says something. It says, the first shall be what? Yes. And the last shall be what? First. You are moving to the front of the line. I receive. Now watch this. All your life, when the blessing has not settled, you chase. But when now you expand what God wanted to pour in, let me explain it like this. You are in finance, right? You'll understand what. You see, your problem is this. So many people chase money. Don't chase money. Chase value. Whatever finances you have is according to your value. I, I hope I didn't offend you. The money that we use is measured by the value of gold. 
somewhere. So your value determines what you carry. Because money comes to measure value. That is why somebody can win the lottery, get a million. In a few months, he will lose it all. Because money came to measure the value and there was no value. It diminished. So when money comes, it actually comes to measure value. Money does not have a spirit. It takes on the spirit of the person. Somebody else, it becomes an extension of, your, of you manifesting your own spirit. If you're intelligent when you receive money, you see how you can use it to gain more. If you are a careless person, you become even more careless. Not because money made you careless. It is just manifesting your spirit in a way that you could not manifest it before. I'm talking to the wrong people. Let me, let me stop. So capture this. When God comes and puts his hand on her, because now she's chasing what God has put in her. She's maturing what God has put in her. Now, when she's going this way, they start now chasing her. Uh, I don't know if it's making sense. Is somebody capturing this? <laughs> Please sit down. We know what you did. We know you. <laughs> I'm so proud of them. I can't wait for their wedding. It will, be, it will be extra deep. So, I want you to capture this. God does not pour blessings. God pours what? A blessing. God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, what you can ask, think, or imagine. He can outdo you. But watch this. This is now serious now. Abundantly, above all, somebody say all. Oh. Not some things, but what? Oh. All. That we ask or think. But notice this, there's a clause here. There's a clause to the contract here. According to the power that worketh in us. Yeah. Not his power. He's saying what is working in you yeah. determines my exceedingly and abundantly to you. No, somebody's not catching it. God is saying this. He's saying me, Jehovah God. I am able to do exceedingly, abundantly. What you can think, ask, I'm able to outdo you. But the condition is this. I can only perform according to the power that worketh inside you. Now, let me explain to you so that you understand. The word to there is kata in Greek. Are you catching me? Kata means, it's K-A-T-A. It means down from within. Down through. Meaning God is able to do according to what you can pull out. 
The word power there means dynamite, meaning your own ability, not his. When Moses stood before God and the Red Sea was before him, Moses stood there and the children of Israel were like, oh, Moses, you should have left us in Egypt. You have brought us out here to die. You have brought us out here to die. Oh, why? It's all your fault. There were better graves there. At least there were graves. You're going to put us out here to die. Is it better to die as a free person or as a slave? But then they were convinced because they could not see beyond a certain place. Moses turned and told them, the Egyptians you see, you shall see them no more. Then the Bible says, Moses turned and the Lord spoke to him. God is answering him. You don't see where Moses is praying because there is something that I think in the next prophetic school I'm going to teach it. How to pray. How to pray while nobody knows that you're praying. And God is answering you without anybody knowing what is happening. Watch this. God answers Moses. Why are you praying and crying unto me? Stretch your hand and tell the children of Israel to move forward and command the sea to part. Meaning the ability to part the sea was not with God. It was never with God. When God visited him on the mountain, he told him, Moses, I have seen the suffering of my people. I have come down to deliver them. Now go and set my people what? Free. Each and every one of you, you are sitting here because God already spoke to you. Amen. Hallelujah. But the problem is you are looking for God to intervene in things that you are the answer. I think I'm talking to the wrong people. God sent you, positioned you in your family, in your business, in your workplace, in whatever you do in this earth. Notice what the Bible says. It says, God told Abraham, the earth shall be blessed through your descendant. Meaning God was not going to pour out another blessing. Meaning the blessing was human beings that were going to walk on the earth. I thought God was talking about you. I said I thought God was talking about you. But watch this now. But there is a problem. There is a problem. God can only manifest himself according to somebody's capacity. Let me explain it like this. You know the anointing doesn't increase, right? (laughs) I don't know if I should say this. I'm not trying to break somebody's heart. I'm just being honest with you. There is nowhere in the Bible says, greater anointing shall I pour. Uh -uh. The anointing you carry is the same exact one that I'm carrying. No difference whatsoever. The spirit of God that is in me is the same exact spirit 
that is in you. No difference. No, I'm telling you the truth. I'm being very straight. You know me, I tell you the truth. I try to be a direct with you so that you know that you can grow. Let me tell you something. One day I was in meditation and I was praying. And this is years ago, about four years ago. And God, I started crying to God because I was like, Lord, I've come to work. You've been speaking to me since I was a child. But I am barely now fully diving into what you want me to do. And I feel like if I started sooner, I feel like I was so disappointed and crushed. Immediately, the Lord Jesus spoke to me. And the Lord Jesus told me something interesting. He said, when did I perform my first miracle? And this was when I was 29 years old, when God spoke to me this. He said, when did I perform my first miracle? I said, Lord, there are many, many, many accounts of you from different people. Some saying you started doing crazy things when you were a kid. Some say, the Lord Jesus told me this. I'm not saying somebody told me. I'm telling you what the Lord Jesus told me. He told me it is a lie. My first miracle is recorded in your book when I was 30 years old. For 30 years, my father was grooming me for what I would do in three years. And the Lord Jesus said something to me. And as I'm saying this, I feel tears in my eyes, but I'm actually holding myself. He said something to me. He said, every single thing that I allowed you to go through was because I was preparing you for this time. Then I started thinking, Moses became a prophet when he was 40. <laughs> Moses became the prophet at 40. Not overnight. I sat there and I was in shock. And I was in awe. Oh, I was like, maybe you can give people some air. I feel some people. <laughs> so I realized something. That everything that God does is for a purpose. Your downfall will be that you compare people that have put something to work. Maybe it is their time now to be activated. Because you want it so bad, you start thinking that you're no good, you're not of value. So the Lord God is in every human being that has received him. The moment you receive Jesus, there is an ability that is in you. When you read Mark chapter 16, I believe from verse uh, 15, 
It says, and this sign shall follow them that believe. Let me tell you something. Can I share my story a little bit? There's a day when God started sending me up to do his work. And I was telling my son, Claudius, I was like, you know what? Uh, I'm going to go back to doing a lot of miracles again. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. I, I really am. You know, the thing is, because God gave us these things, it is not in his control. It is us now. Where and how do you want to use it? Crazy stuff. Ah. <laughs> Crazy stuff. Some of you have seen me do it here. Opening blind eyes, doing things like that. Ah, we can do those things by God's grace. But was it always like that? No. But was it in me? Yes. Is it in you? Yes. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. I am telling you. But there is a problem. The problem is God can never manifest himself above the capacity of the person he's showing himself to. You know, there are angelic beings that if some of you saw, you go into utter confusion. Your brain will actually crash. Because you can't explain it, it will actually destroy you instead. You know, your soul <laughs> is very fragile. There are things that can shock you until you are shocked, until you are not normal for some time. Somebody will say, but it is the Lord. There is a perfect love cast out fear. Tell that to Daniel when he saw Gabriel, he passed out. He said, I was like one who was what? Dead. He didn't say I just fainted. He said, I, I felt, I think I died. And he touched me. And my strength came back to me. But then you see sometimes the angel appearing to other people. And no one is passing out. It means that this angel who stands in the presence of God, and, and I, I think I taught it in prophetic school a little bit, and next time we're going to talk about like working with angels and things like that. We're going to go really crazy with this. But understand this. There are angels that stand in the presence of God, and there are angels that have never seen God. I know you're shocked, but I'm telling you the truth. How everybody has a way to see him. There are people that have direct contact and there are people who have somebody that they go through to get to him. Now, in heaven, I don't know if I should say, share this. I wish I had my board. Think about it like this. I'm just going to give you an example. I'm not saying there are seven heavens. There's actually more than that. The angels that live in the high heavens carry too much light and glory. They're actually, in that place, they don't say heaven. They call them realms of light. If you read the Bible, it says that God is covered in light. God actually, his outfit is light. He's dressed in light. So, the greater realms of light or the higher realms of light, the more you go up, the more it does not look so much like earth anymore. 
When you see somebody speaking, I went to heaven and I saw streets and I saw this, it's true. But it was not the greater dimensions of life. It is heaven. God's throne is there because it's manifested everywhere. But the greater realms of light, there is no even words to explain it. When Apostle Paul got to the third heaven, he said something strange. He said, I, I, I once knew a man who was caught up even unto the third heaven. Whether in the flesh or in the spirit, I don't know. And he saw things that are not proper to be spoken or there is no even vocabulary to say it. Yet the guy was only in the third heaven. I'm just trying to explain something. There is a mystery that God showed me. I think I even shared it with uh, Bishop Claudius. Where's, where's Claudius? When, you know, <laughs> angels are very interesting. High angels, when they want to come, and the, the way of the kingdom of heaven is helping those people who are in lower places to come up higher. That's the principle of, this, of, of, of the kingdom of God. Even angels do that. When an angel who is in the high heavens, God wants to send him in a mission. They have these things that uh, the only way I can call it is like checkpoints. That they go through to dim their glory so that they can fit in with others. Hallelujah. They, because they cannot come like that down, it will be a problem. I'm just trying to be honest with you, tell you the yes, truth. They are all not holding hands singing kumbaya. There's others that are carrying so much that it's uncomfortable for others to be in their presence. Wow. Do you realize that Gabriel comes down to minister to Daniel and he's telling him, your Prince Michael, notice the title is giving an angel. He didn't just say, Angel Michael said, your prince, Michael, came to help me. Meaning he's addressed like a prince in that realm. <laughs> it is not my Bible, it is in your Bible. Don't say I came up with it. I, I don't know if somebody is catching this. But God can never, even the Lord Jesus himself, I'll share one experience with you that I had with the Lord. One day I was laying on the couch. I was very, I was going through a lot of things. And I was at one of the lowest times of my life because of direction. And I sat on the couch and I was really thinking and I was like, ah, Lord, you have to speak to me. Then all of a sudden, the Lord told me, I am coming to talk to you. He, fear gripped me. <laughs> <laughs> Fear came over me. I'm being very honest. Fear God. When people tell you, you'll be, yeah, you'll be, mm, Lord, it's okay. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm telling you the truth. Is it the most amazing experience? Yes. <laughs> but it will shake you. So all of a sudden, I like a drowsiness came over me. This is like, 11 in the day. Drowsiness just overshadowed me. And I, I couldn't, I'm trying to, and I knew, oh man, I'm being taken. 
So if <laughs> and the moment I just I'm feeling my I have no longer control of my physical body and bang physically on the couch. The moment I fall on the couch, I look across and I see a man walking. You hear footsteps like this. No, I'm not saying in a dream, physical. <laughs> and I had footsteps of a man walking and when I looked, I was like, oh no. <laughs> It's the Lord. <laughs> Immediately, my spirit, I'm, t I'm, sharing, I'm sharing a truth with you. I can only teach you by what God has shown me. I cannot tell you what another person's experience is. Immediately, it was like when I heard his footsteps, it was like I was in, in like... A second I was transported, I was no longer in the house. I found myself sitting. I don't know if I should share this. This is I've I've never really shared this a lot with people. I saw myself in a garden somewhere in the heavenly realm. And there was a lot of some men of God I recognize, some men I didn't. These are not people I met in my lifetime. I saw prophets of old. I saw some men of God of recent time, but before my time. I saw them. And it was like a small gathering like this. And I was sitting among them. And when I was sitting there, I'm observing this now. I'm thinking to myself... <laughs> then the Lord Jesus, then all of them all of a sudden said, the Lord is here. The Lord is coming to speak to us. Everybody got off their chair and they went on their knees. Everybody bowed themselves. And the Lord did not come in front of them to speak. He walked and came to where I was sitting. He told me, son, sit up. I sat up. And the Lord spoke to me a lot of things. Then after he spoke to me, all of a sudden we were back. It was like this. We were back in the house. And when we were back in the house, I, I, I realized that he had put me back inside my body. So I'm trying to stand up. He tells me, no, it's okay. Just lay down. He spoke to me a lot of things. In this amount of time, this will happen. This amount of time, this will happen. And the Lord Jesus got up and he told me, I showed you that because that's where you are. And he turned and he started walking again. And he turned again and he said, you know how much I love you? I started crying. I said, Lord, I don't know. When I think about this, it messes me up. And he walked again, he said, you know how much I love you? You're my prophet, I love you. And then he walked and he, he was gone. And I came back to myself. I realized something that day. Not everybody is gonna see a burning bush. 
Not everybody is going to see fireworks. I am the Lord. God will reveal himself according to your capacity. Sometimes it will be just a knowing inside of you that the hand of the Lord is upon me. Is more than enough than you seeing a big open. The point is God has reached out to you. Can that be increased? Absolutely. But the power is not in the manifestation of what you see. The power is in knowing who has spoken to you. I thought I was talking to some people. So if the Lord Jesus, if the Lord Jesus is able to do great things, but he's limited by us because we lack the ability to manifest him to people. When the Lord was, I, I, I was driving here and I didn't know what I was going to minister about, the Lord always speaks to me when I'm coming. And I'm telling you, I'm fully dependent on what God will tell me. I'm not dependent in my, on my wisdom, 100%. The Lord Jesus told me something when he was telling me about what I need to speak to you about. Gifts are not a measure of somebody's capacity. When somebody is good at using a gift, it simply means they have mastery over the gift. But it doesn't mean that their capacity is also expanded. Because a gift you don't work for, a gift is given to you in full. Whether it's a gift of healing, whether it's prophecy, whether it's interpretation of tongues, whether it's a gift of love, whether it's a gift of service, whatever gift that the Lord Jesus gives you, he gives it in full. God has never given anybody in a small increment and gives you more because you did something. No. The gifts of God are all about his grace. The provision of God is all based upon his grace. Not upon how good you can be, what you can do. All that is junk. God. God is interested in one thing. Your ability to stretch yourself. The gifts of God edify the church. They cannot help the world. This is what the Lord Jesus told me in the car. And when God talks to me, I write it down. He said this. He said, gifts edify the church. The world, I change the world. Whoever shall reveal me to the world shall change the world. Amen. Gifts cannot change the world. Because gifts will only make somebody's intellect move. If somebody, you see, you don't get saved because your intellect has been crushed. You get saved because the Holy Spirit has ministered to your heart and you have received the call. If I come and prove to you how, I'm telling you there are things that I was talking, I don't know, was, I was talking to my son Charles. We were having a meeting and he was asking me some questions. I told him, one of the things that I can do. 
And he was like, Papa, if you ever do that, I will run out of the church. <laughs> I told him, you see, there are certain things you will not help anybody. Why do it? Maybe one day I will do it. But it will be to show that anything is possible. But not because it will make anybody draw close to Jesus. It doesn't necessarily do that. Gifts edify the church. It makes the church strong to know that they have a big God. But you don't go to the world and convince them by gift. No. You convince them by the message that Jesus will speak through you. By the manifestation of Jesus in you to them. I think I'm talking to the wrong people. That is why in the beginning, I was taken away by the Lord when he spoke to me in the car. And I found you guys worshiping, and I wanted to say some things, and I found myself on the, on the floor crying and praying that I pray that you will see the Lord and know the Lord. The biggest disadvantage to every single person is that you have not been able to manifest God. Not because he's not in you, not because he's not great in you, but it is your ability has limited him. A spirit can never express itself beyond the vessel. Whether it's a demonic spirit, whether it's a spirit from God or the spirit of God, he can never manifest beyond your ability is impossible. The Bible says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. But just because he's in me does not mean I will overcome the world. Because he's still in me, he has not come out. You don't cast out demons because of he that is inside of you. The devil is carnal. Look at your neighbor say, the devil is carnal. The devil is carnal. He is a spirit. He is a spirit. But he's a carnal spirit. But he's a carnal spirit. So your battle with him will be in the spiritual realm, but it will do with physical things also. So you can never battle him without actually using what God has given you to fight him. We all have Jesus. How many people can call Jesus and demons run? Not everybody. Not everybody can command an evil spirit and an evil spirit will go. Not everybody can rebuke a sickness and a sickness will go. Not everybody is going to pray for somebody with blind eyes and they begin to see. Is God favoring other people? No. God desires to touch the entire world. God desires that everything that moves on the earth to come to know the living Jesus. But we do him a disservice if we are not prepared to manifest him. Now the problem is this. The Holy Ghost is, does not possess you. He works with you. When a demonic spirit enters you, it takes a hold of your soul in order to control your flesh. But the demonic spirit will take everything from you. 
He will take everything from you. He will take your will to do right. He will make you aggressive. He will make you fight. He will do this. Even you sometimes you'll be like, but I don't want to do these things, but you do them anyway. Because this being that is inside of you, he possesses. What does it mean to possess? Give me this pen, son. I am possessing this pen, meaning this pen has no will of its own. I am controlling it. The devil's plan is to have you like this. But God does not have you like this. God does this. Stand up. Let me just borrow you for a second. God wants to walk with you. He says, let's go left. You go left. If you choose to stop, he will also wait until you walk. That is why the Bible says that two cannot walk unless they agree. God does not, anyone who says God made me do it is not true. It does not work like that. It's a lie. God made me just, no. He doesn't do that. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's looking for a family. Family works together. Family does not take somebody hostage. God has no, that's not free will. He cannot make you what you don't want to do. So how does God use you more? It's according to what you have made available to him. If I want to speak prophetically, remember, the, the prophetic is in dimensions. And when I was teaching prophetic school, I think I, I, I taught you guys, there are some people that are seers. There are some people that are nabis who hear. And then there are prophet seers and there are oracles who just speak by inspiration. It just comes over them and they speak. They have no reason why. And after I taught you this, I mean, I'm still shocked that people are calling people's names. I was like, you people have grown. It, sh- it scared me. No, it really did. So many people mentioned people's names and like my son Charles uh, prophesied to, I think uh, my daughter Rebecca called her name and her roommate's name. Right? It was with her, right? Huh? Another Rebecca called her name. Who is Rebecca and who is this person? And she was like, yeah, that's my name. And this one is my, huh? After three days, six sessions. That is scary. But notice what, notice this though. Notice this. What did it do? Remember when I was telling you people, it's going to tear you guys up. You don't know what you're getting yourself into. People are thinking it's all fire. People left crying. People left weeping because it tore you into pieces. And it allowed God to build you. I know so many of you, your prayer life is never the same again. There are things that changed. But notice this. How quickly, how quickly... How fast? I remember I was, uh, I, was, uh, I was with Chaz and we were making fun of mom, <laughs> who is also my daughter, but she's also a mother, you know, to me. But it was funny because she was like, I, 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 she prophesied to another daughter of mine and was like, you know, she was like, you know, I, I, I don't, I just, and I taught you how God, I taught you the language of God. Trust me, I only gave you like maybe 2%. And she was like, ah, ah, ah. 
are you going to school doing this and that and that? And the girl was like, yes, that's exactly. Mama just went, ah! <laughs> she was just, oh! Like, I was like, Jesus, who died, you know? <laughs> but she was taken over by God. You actually speak to me also. Huh? That's exactly how I felt. It's overwhelming, like you've been talking to me, to me, me. Little old me. You know, but what am I trying to say is that how can I say, Lord, I want to speak prophetically to people when my mouth is always filthy. You have not given your mouth to him. Do you know what it means for Jesus to be your Lord? Who is a, what, what is Lordship? Lordship, it means somebody who you submit under and tells you what to do, and you're willing to do it. Somebody does not become your Lord by force. You realize what they carry, and you go and you say, I give myself to you, my Lord. That's why you find like Viking movies or whatever, my Lord. That's how it is. But God does not take anybody against their will. He will never do that. So if God wants to take you somewhere, if God wants to express himself more through you, how will he do it? How will he do it if you still have your own life? If your own life is still in your hands and you will be like, Lord, I will give you this one, but this one is still my own. Lord, I will do that one, but that one is still my own. Ah, uh, Lord, uh, I still m like my own this. This is my thing. Yet to die to self means that I am completely available. Do you know what? why does it say die to self? It means that you have surrendered your body. Because what, cons what makes somebody die is that your spirit is no longer in charge. That's why when somebody dies, we say, here lies the body off because it is vacant. But God did not kick you out. He said, die to self. Meaning, give up your dominion. Let me help you run this thing the way it should be. You don't cast out demons because you scream the name of Jesus. Nah. There are principles in the realm of the spirit. You can't serve two masters. So just because I'm a Christian and I say, in the mighty name of Jesus, does not mean a demon will run. Doesn't mean that at all. A demon responds to somebody under authority. When he sees somebody that is under authority, he understands that this is a man of power. This is a woman of power. They will obey you. Because in the realm of the spirit, the people that can be heard are people under authority. Do you know why the Lord Jesus was not released unto the world of men? Yet he was God. Do you know why his name was not the most powerful name? Yet he is God. Because he had to come and submit himself to himself. Catch this. Understand this. I believe this. And your Bible says it's true. There's one God. 
three manifestations. But he's also an omnipresent God, meaning he can be in one place and another place all at the same time. The Bible says now, somebody will say, why was Jesus saying, my father, what in heaven? The Bible says it clearly. He says what? He emptied himself and took upon himself the form of a servant. Can I borrow this water? Do we have a cup? Do we have a cup? Uh, any, any cup. Any cup. I just want to show you this. Uh-huh. Bring, bring that. Bring that. Okay. Because, oh, okay. But I want people to see. It has to be visible. So can you empty some of that in there? I just want to show you. I think these illustrations help you. The reason why I do this is because I believe human beings are visual. And if you can see it, it's easier for you to do it. Now watch this. This is God in his fullness. This is the human. This is the human vessel. He emptied himself and took the form of a servant. It doesn't mean that God ceased to be in heaven. He poured himself into a human being. But his content is still up there. Part of him is poured into this human. The human capacity can take one ounce. So God filled that one ounce. He emptied himself into a vessel that can take a certain measure. And he remained in heaven. Because he's omnipresent, he's also on earth. Now, even though he emptied himself into this vessel, this vessel is conscious that my fullness is up there. I'm trying to explain this thing. So he understands that I am God in, in flesh, but flesh is limited. That is why the Lord Jesus became more powerful when his body was killed. I just told you something, you didn't catch it. When the Lord Jesus died on the cross, he became way more dangerous than when he was alive walking around. <laughs> I don't know if somebody's catching it. Why? Because his body was broken. His broken, his body was destroyed. Now, if you go to First Kings, what we were reading, what does it say? It says that he took, Elijah took 12 stones and built the altar. I think it's become a refrigerator in here. It's winter. <laughs> he took 12 stones representing the 12 tribes of Israel. Now remember, Israel was a person, meaning one person, <laughs> I don't know if I should say this. Remember, Israel was a person, but he was a nation. But before that, he was only Jacob. He was limited by the name that he was carrying because Jacob meant trickster or supplanter. 
So even him, wherever he went, he was tricked because his name was a prophecy. But when God wanted to establish him, the Lord came and told him, you're no longer Jacob, you're Israel. What did God do? He expanded his capacity from being somebody who's just a man trying to make it to a man who is a nation. Amen, amen. May the Lord expand you. I receive. Elijah took 12 stones representing the 12 sons of Jacob, meaning the 12 sons were an extension of him. Then he took an animal, broke his body, cut up his body, put it on the altar. The altar was built of stone. The foundation of every believer is the word of God. The word of God is the rock that you ought to build your life on. It doesn't matter if you love Prophet Love. You say Prophet Love is my is my father, is my is my brother, is this and that and that. All that is good. You need the word of God. Period. Is the only foundation. Why did he pick the twelve sons? Because they represented the future. God begot his people. And spiritually, we all descend from this 12. When the Lord Jesus came, what did he have? He had 12 apostles, meaning they are all descendants of these guys. They were carrying a spiritual DNA, representing these 12. I, I think I'm teaching the wrong people. If you track them down, they were all coming from these 12. Because the Lord Jesus needed a rock that was going to build his altar, that he was going to build his church upon. Elijah did something strange. He put wood, because remember the cross was an altar. The Romans saw it as a place of death. Jesus saw it as an altar. The devil sees like your sickness is a place to kill you. You see it as an opportunity for healing and to know God. The devil sees your poverty or your struggle as an opportunity to crush you, to make you a nobody. But you see it as an opportunity for God to glorify himself through you. Hallelujah. The devil closes doors for you to show you that you can never make it. But you see it as an opportunity to see God. Open every door that no man will ever shut. I receive it. Hallelujah. But notice this. You are seeing all these things through the lens. Through the lens of your ability. God is not determining what you see. You are choosing that.
not God, you. When the Lord Jesus died on the cross, the Bible says that he was stabbed and water began to flow out of him. Elijah pours water on the altar and he makes a trench so that the water can actually flow. You have to understand that water represents the Holy Spirit in the realm of the Spirit. How available have you made for the Holy Spirit to just flow through you? I think this is for maybe people on this side. How stretchable are you by the Spirit of God to do whatever he wills with you? How moldable are you to him? How moldable? Do you guys call anybody Nana or Nana or something like that? Who's that? Your mother-in-law. What's her name? But you guys call her what? Nana. Nana. Prophesy. <laughs> Prophesy. But you see, I was gonna, I'm gonna, God is gonna visit her. Amen. And God is gonna deliver her. Amen. Because she needs major visitation from God. Amen. Big time. I see. Big, big, big time. Yes. Big, big time. But notice this. I'm going to minister to you and tell you what to do so that God can help her. Amen. But notice this. You can just go to somebody and God tells you what's going on. Tells you the name of the person and what they need. And God always uses things that will show that it is not coming from me. How available are you? Availability is not all when I pray. Because you don't minister to people in your place of prayer. You minister to God in your place of prayer. You minister to people when you're among people. Can God use you when you're hanging with people? Or will you be doing your thing? <laughs> I don't know if I'm talking to somebody. I don't know if I'm talking to somebody. I don't know if I'm talking to somebody. We need to pray for her. Because in the spirit I saw an attack of the enemy that the devil wanted to use to kill her. To actually kill her. I saw an accident happening. And when this accident happened, I saw something that was going to happen with her spine. And it was going to completely cripple her and break her. That she will not have life anymore. And this is because the enemy set this trap because of the life that she's leading. She's falling into a trap. But the Lord said that he had put you in that place to save this person's life. That whatever intercession you will make. Whatever intercession you will make. The Lord shall visit this person. The Lord shall minister to this person. Amen. 
God positioned you wherever you are so that you can be an extension of him. You need to make a decision this day. Every time you look at the Lord Jesus, let me, can I say this? Let me just say this because I believe this will help somebody. I did not become what I am and what I can do because I love gifts. I became like this because I love Jesus. I didn't become like this because I wanted to see into people's life. I, I, what for? Do you know the burden that it comes with seeing? It's a lot. But how useful can you be to God? Let me just show you a scripture and we'll finish with this. And we're going to pray. Matthew 23, 11. Matthew 23, 11. Matthew 23, 11. Amen. Are you there? Amen. Can you read it, Bishop? Mm-hmm. But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. Do you hear that? So when you want to be great and you want God to use you, what does, what does God look for? Servants. Not followers, but what? Servants. Let me show you the kind of servant that God is looking for. Matthew 25, 14 to 30. Matthew 25, 14 to 30. I'm going to read it for you. For the kingdom of heaven is a man. Notice, the kingdom of heaven is what? A man. <laughs> Let us make man. Somebody is not catching what I'm trying to tell you. This is about a person. It's not about a location, it's about a person. The kingdom of heaven is a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants. And delivered unto them his goods. So what are you carrying? There is goods inside of you. Now some people, I think I'm preaching to the wrong people. What is inside of you? Goods. You are Santa, you don't even know. You are supposed to be walking around doing this. Amen, amen, I receive it. You are carrying goods inside of you. So God is not blessing somebody from anywhere. He's blessing him from you. What were the goods? Notice this. And unto one he gave five talents. To another two and to another one. Now, God was not being biased. How do we know that? Read the next line. He says, to every man according.
according to his several abilities and straight away took his journey. Jesus came, said, go into all the world, preach the gospel, heal the sick, deliver people, open blind eyes, raise people from wheelchair. Who is doing it? Who is doing it? So why do you say Jesus is the healer? So you are putting something on him that is not him. It's you. Technically, he is the healer because it is his goods. But he said, you go heal the sick. He did not say, go and I will heal the sick. I think I'm talking to the wrong people. Let me, you know, I don't know if somebody is catching this. The Lord Jesus is saying, you go and do it. Not me. God came down to Moses and says, Moses, I have heard the cry of my people. I have seen their suffering. And I have come down to deliver them. Go set my people free. What? Imagine the drama. Poof, burning bush. A voice coming. I am God of your fathers. I have heard the cry of my people. And I have come down to deliver them. Moses is like, yes. Says, now go deliver them. What? <laughs> but before he told him, go deliver them, what did he do? He gave him his goods. I, I, I think I'm talking to the wrong people. I think I'm talking to the wrong people. I think I'm talking to the wrong people. May everybody that wants God to add on their goods, just shout amen. Amen. Now sit, sit, sit. Now understand this. But he gave them according to how many goods they could carry. He was not choosing that one I will give more than the other. What does that mean? You can become better than prophet love if you want. Is the truth. Any man of God that comes into your life is a foreshadow of what you can become and more. They don't come into your life because that is your ceiling. Amen. Amen. They are not a ceiling. They are your platform. They are your launch pad. That you don't have to start from scratch. You can start from there. Amen. So he gave them according to what? Their abilities. There are several abilities. So God is looking at how can this one I can, exp I can manifest myself fivefold. That one I can do twofold. This one I can do only one way. So God was not the one choosing from this one I will be great. To this one I will be less. To this one I will. No, because he's not a small God. Now watch this. Number five. What is number five? The number of what? Grace. So meaning the one that was given the most believed in the grace of God. Fully. 
He was completely understanding that it is through God and by God I can carry out what he wants. And I know he has given me the ability to carry out what he has given me. Two represents the joining of two people. Meaning this one has just come to a place whereby he can walk with God. He can agree with God. Not on everything but can agree with God. Because two cannot walk together unless they agree. So it's the joining of a man to God. One was just a person that received God. God is in my life. But is not, has not developed into three, four, or five, or six, or seven, or eight, or nine, or ten, or they stopped at one. Another one stopped at two. Another one maximized until grace. If you want to be extra spiritual, that God will use you more than anybody, the secret is not fasting. The secret is not even praying without ceasing. The secret is believing in God's grace. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm just being honest with you. I'm not saying don't pray. I pray a lot. <laughs> but it is not my prayer that changes things. It is a good God who answers my prayer that changes things. Grace says that I am receiving something I never worked for, I cannot work for, I cannot earn. God is just too good. And is the only good I need and I deserve. That's it. I think this area, you people love me so much. May God increase you. I, I don't know see. about these ones. We'll see. So catch this. Capro Soto. Somebody just say, Medela, Medela, Medela. Medela, Mandela, Mandela. I am increasing spiritually. I am increasing spiritually. Amen. Now catch this. That was tongues, by the way. <laughs> Capture this. So God is manifesting himself according to their level and their dimension. The one that was given five, when the master came back, he said, Master, I gained five more. Meaning I leveled up five more than where you had left me. His master said, wow. Well done, good and faithful servant. So faithfulness is in maximizing what God has given you. Not in praying. No, 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 no. What assignment did God give to you? Some of you, you are called to be actors. Some of you are called to be musicians. Some of you are called to be directors. Some are doctors. Some are nurses. Some are authors. Everybody's in a different place, but God will show himself the same. Yeah. 
the goods that he gave you. Like, can I tell you something? One night I was in a vision. And an angel came. And when the angel appeared, he had books, scrolls. Came and told me, all this, God wants you to release them in the world. When I sat down with, 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 uh, 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 with my son Van and we, 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 we were working on a book and we have to get back on it. He was telling me, Papa, we can do 100 books in no time. Now I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. God gave me these things. What I minister to you, I did not think it. I did not. God gives me these things. And God also has given you some things. So you are carrying goods, not only that will benefit you, but will benefit others. Because God's blessing begins with you, then it pours out to others. Now the question is this. The first one got five more. The one was given two, gained two more. What does that mean? You can only go as far as you have seen. Because he had five, he understood that I can do this more. So he was limited to what he had. But now that he has done ten, he's able to go where? Ten more. The one who was given two was able to do two more. So now he has four. So now he has the ability to multiply it what? To eight. So with every gift that God has given you, an example is this. If God has given you the grace or the, 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 the gift of healing, healing goes together with one of knowledge. So to grow your ability for healing, your step two will be word of knowledge. I feel like somebody has a pain over here. That's me. Be healed. You see, now you're still using that one foundation gift. I'm just trying to help somebody. I'm not even talking about spiritual gifts, but I'm just trying to show you how it works. You cannot be somebody that does not even, has not even started healing people, but you're already saying, Cancer. I see cancer on you. Ah, uh, never happen. You won't see it. Because first of all, the virtue to carry out the ability to get destroyed that virus is not there. Why should God show you something that is not in your business? But what can I do? I can develop myself in a particular area that God gave me. And I can grow in line with those things. Impartation just comes to add another area that now you have been given something else. That you can also grow in that thing. But never neglect what God deposited first inside of you. Because your assignment is tied to what he deposited first. Everything else that comes, comes to facilitate you carrying out what he put in first.
I started seeing the Lord when I was six. That I can remember. But surrounding my upbringing and stuff, a lot of strange things happened. And my mom knew this one is very different. Because God chose it to be so, I didn't do anything about it. Okay? The first gift, apart from seeing visions, I saw visions and things about things that were going to happen. And every single one of them happened. But the first gift, apart from seeing, because seeing in the spirit is just like seeing in this natural world. There's, your spiritual eyes can be opened where you see visions. But even people in the occult can see in the spirit. It doesn't mean they can see in the realm of light where everything is orchestrated. There's a difference. Right? But watch this. The first thing that manifested in me, everybody that was around me knew, something is weird about Lovi. When he prays, if there are people who have demons, they manifest. It's not you won't, it just happens. It doesn't matter where I am. It doesn't matter if it's in the middle of the night. Why? Because a prophet's gifting begins in the ability to deliver people. Because God will speak to you in order to give you strategy to help his people. God spoke to Moses and told him, go deliver my people. He did not say go and prophesy to my people. Go and what? Deliver my people. So you receive the ability to know the mind of God because you are bringing deliverance to people. You see how these things work? So I started by... It just, it did not matter. I, I, when I was doing music and traveling and performing and stuff, I'll pray for people. It did not matter where. I have not prayed for six months. It doesn't matter wherever I pray. People will manifest and get delivered. That's just how it is. Majority of the people who met me first, they knew that I could prophesy. In fact, I was talking to my son, Terrell, telling me, you know, Papa Lord, the first time we spoke, it was kind of weird when you were prophesying and you called my mother's name. Do you remember that? You're like, yeah, you told me my mother's name, but I was like, you know, I wasn't really sure. But majority of them that knew me from the house, what did you know me for? You knew this guy, Lovey, delivers people. Demons come out. Is it not true? Have I always prophesied? Yeah. I didn't start doing this yesterday. But what did people know me for? The Lord Jesus, what was he famous for? Deliverance. Jesus was prophesying all the time, all the time. But he was famous for deliverance, setting captives free. So if you want to operate prophetically, your desire must be in order to deliver people. If it has nothing to do with deliverance, God won't just speak to you. What's the point? Because remember, the Holy Spirit already speaks to us. He will read a word and he will expand on it. God is speaking to you. Amen. Something inspiring will come according to the word of God. God is speaking to you. He's teaching you. But why should God tell you, go talk to Frank and tell Frank that I'm going to do this and do this and I will deliver him. If you're not carrying deliverance, you won't do that. I pray for the ability of deliverance to come upon you. I receive. That wherever you go in the name of Jesus... That freedom will always be the portion. See. The Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Liberty. Liberty. The evidence of the Holy Ghost is that people are free. Amen. 
let me finish this thing. Because of time. I have 20, 10 minutes maybe. Or 11 minutes. Catch this. Capture this. The one who had won took his, dug the ground, put it in the ground, and covered it. And when the Lord came, he said, Lord, I know how dangerous you can be. I know how angry you can be. So I hid this thing and I did not want to spoil it. What did the Lord say? He said, you are wicked. So wickedness to God is not using what he gave you. Wickedness to God is not because you deceived somebody. Is that bad? Yeah. But God said, you wicked servant. What? Wicked. But I kept it. I didn't abuse it. Say so you are wicked. He said, you know that I was looking for interest. That's what the, 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 the Lord Jesus was saying. He said, you know when I come, I expect to get more than what I gave you. So when God visits you, your tongues is still... You have not evolved. And the Lord said, he shall bless you. Your prophecy has stuck in the same line, in the same thing. God is looking for increase of his people, both spiritually and physically. He called him wicked, and what did he do? He said he took the talent that he had given him and took the nothing that he had. The Bible literally says that. He said God even took what was the nothing, the capacity that he had to gain that one. He took it away from him and gave it to the one that had the most. Let me tell you about something about God and about life in general. How many people work in entertainment? I know my, my, my brother is an extra superstar. Now, everybody in entertainment, you know this. The most famous people, most elite people, don't pay for anything. People give them everything for what? Free. But the ones that are broke, they want you to buy. They rather come and give somebody who has millions. Say, no, we want to give you this, these shoes, this, that, this, that. Why? Because they know he has the ability to maximize it and gain them more. So nobody gives to somebody because they have nothing. Even God will never give you if you have nothing. No, somebody did not catch what I'm saying. Is it not in your Bible? No, no, no. God is not coming to give somebody who has nothing. The Lord Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. Unless you are in me and I in you, you can produce no fruit. But he said, my father is the husband man. He comes and he checks the... The branches. If any branch is not producing fruit, yet me, I am the well of fruit. He said it will be cut off and be thrown into the fire. He didn't just say thrown away. He said thrown into the fire. When the servant hid his talent, he said, take him and throw him into outer darkness where there is gnashing of... Do you know where outer darkness is? Outer darkness is a place in hell. There's a place in hell called the pit. There's a place called outer darkness... There are different locations. It's a place. Because I didn't use what you gave me, it doesn't matter that I was your servant. 
So now you know in the book of Revelation when he's coming, he's saying, people say, but we prophesied to people, but we did this. He said, you, I don't know you. I never gained anything from what I gave you. I'm not trying to scare you. But God desires you to be the best you can be. Amen. And God wants to help you in doing that.